Two years ago, Americans watched in horror as a crisis unfolded at the Kabul airport. There's desperation and anguish. More than 80,000 Afghans have since arrived in America. But this story is still unfolding. I'm Andrea Smartin. In my new podcast, Stranger Becomes Neighbor, we'll find out what happens to these new arrivals in our communities. Who would help our newest neighbors? Follow us at kslpodcast.com, Apple Podcasts, or anywhere else you listen. Inside Sources with Boyd Matheson. Welcome back. Final segment of Inside Sources on a Monday. Uh, we shared with you a couple of weeks ago uh, this idea that George Washington told you to put down your cell phone. Now, if you didn't hear that uh, particular episode, of course, you can always get the podcast. Uh, but let me just give you a little refresher. Uh, George Washington recognized the power and importance of being present uh, as a young man. In uh, his Rules for Civility, he wrote, Read no letter, books, or papers in company. But when there is a necessity for the doing of it, you must ask leave. Uh, So long before smartphones and Apple Watches, George Washington understood and warned that we needed to be present. Because what he was really saying, again, in in that day, (laughs) in the 1700s, he was saying, look, if you need to read a letter or if you need to reference something in a book, don't do it while you're talking to somebody else. Excuse yourself from the room. Go out. Don't allow yourself to be distracted in the middle of an interaction with a human being. Put it down. So if George Washington figured out that we should put our cell phones down when we're having important conversations with people we care about or people we interact with or work with, uh, maybe we need to look backwards instead of uh, forwards to solving some of the other problems of our day. Uh, We spoke a lot last week, and people continue to chime in about the problems with social media, Facebook and Instagram in particular. And there are conversations to be had about algorithms and what gets served up and what the company knew in terms of negative uh, effects uh, of social media on all of us, especially on our young people. Uh, We just wrapped up with uh, Representative Steve Ellison and important conversations about the mental health of our young people. And so as we look at social media, and often when we talk about social media, we talk about everything from, you know, body shaming to unrealistic expectations to tribalism to contempt to malice to misinformation and disinformation. Everybody agrees there is a problem. So we're going to go back even further. So if George Washington could solve our cell phone problem and learning to be present to the moment back in the late 1700s, we're going to go back even further to offer up a solution for what's going on with social media and how we interact with each other. We're going to go back all the way to 1647. Now, why would we go back to 1647 to deal with social media? Because in 1647, the Westminster Larger Catechism gave some very specific instructions around the Ninth Commandment. Now, regardless of your religious affiliation, the Ninth Commandment, thou shalt not bear false witness. Pretty straightforward. I used to think I understood what that really meant. 
until I went back to 1647. And so we're going to break this down. There is a ton in here. This was this was my rabbit hole over the weekend uh, of going down and really thinking through what the requirements of the Ninth Commandment are. And I was actually apprised of this by uh, David French from the Dispatch, wrote a great piece uh, around this. Uh, but this is what is in the Ninth Commandment. It says, here's what you're supposed to do. Here's what's required. The preserving and promoting of truth. Imagine if that were upheld on our social media. So we're to preserve and promote truth. We're to preserve and promote the good name of our neighbor as well as our own. So rather than attacking those that disagree with you, rather than making it a personal fight or a personality fight, rather than a principle or a policy fight, We should just preserve and promote the good name of our neighbor as well as our own. Remember, when you get into the mud, it's uh, not good for anybody. So it continues on. Again, this is 1647. Appearing and standing for the truth and from your heart. Listen to these. Sincerely, freely, clearly, and fully speaking the truth and only the truth. Imagine if that happened on social media. If everyone who went there, regardless of which platform it was on, from their heart, sincerely, freely, clearly, and fully spoke the truth and only the truth. And they did that in matters of judgment and justice and all other things. Again, this is the 1647 playbook to dealing with social media. Now let's continue on. Uh, We should be charitable and esteem our neighbor. We should rejoice in their good name and sorrow for and cover their infirmities. We should freely acknowledge the gifts, graces, and innocence of others. So that's just kind of being nice, being good, being honest. Uh, Then it goes on. Next, we get to always being ready to receive a good report and unwilling to admit an evil report. (laughs) So basically what they're saying in 1647 is all of the evil reports that come into your social media feed should be deleted or ignored. It goes on. Concerning them, these reports, we should discourage talebearers, flatterers, and slanderers. That's pretty good logic right there. Talebearers, flatterers, and slanderers. I think we have a few of those on social media. That we should love and care our own good name and defend it when required. So that's good. It's not about being a doormat to anybody. We should keep our promises. And then finally, studying and practicing of whatsoever things are true, honest, lovely, and of good report. Uh, So that's the uh, playbook from 1647. 1647. And if we just applied that to how we all consume and engage and post on social media, that would be a game changer of all game changers. If we just spoke the truth, promoted the truth, if we sincerely, freely, clearly, fully spoke the truth and only the truth, if we were 
less likely to buy in to things that are sensational or things that are divisive? If we can discourage talebearers, flatterers, and slanderers, uh, that would make a difference on our social media. And we could get the positive benefits out of social media rather than floundering with all the negative. Because here's where what it comes down to. What it comes down to, we talk about a lot of the misinformation that is consumed and shared on social media. And I'm convinced that the algorithm is not necessarily the problem. Part of the problem, yes. The essence of the problem, no. And here's why. I think the bigger problem, the bigger cancer is a cancer of contempt. It is more about the malice that we stir up towards those we disagree with or that we don't like. When you have malice or contempt toward another person, you will be much more likely to consume, believe, and share misinformation. And science proves this out. If if I hate the New York Yankees, and I have malice towards the Yankees because they're always messing things up. When I see something on my feed that says the Yankees are cheating, I'm more likely to believe that. If I get something on my social media feed that says, well, the, the, the Yankees are doing this illegally or that this person is an awful human, I'm more likely to believe it. I'm more likely to consume it and I'm more likely to share it. So the answer to social media might be found in 1647. And remember that malice leads to misinformation. I'm Boyd Matheson. Thanks for joining us on Inside Sources here on KSL News Radio. And as always, as you go out into the world today, make sure you see something that inspires, say something that uplifts, and do something that'll make a difference. Two friends taking pictures of the rising full moon on a summer night. Two teenage kids doing what teenage kids do when a stranger with a gun and a death wish changed everything it was violent it was senseless and i will never understand it i will never accept it i'm amy donaldson and unfortunately we're all too familiar with stories about how violence shatters lives but what we rarely see is how they are rebuilt in a new podcast the letter we relive tragedy but only so we can hear the rest of the story, the struggle to reclaim lives, the realities of grief, and the possibilities of forgiveness. I believe in miracles. Sometimes I thought, there are no miracles. Yeah, there are, and this is a big one. Follow The Letter at theletterpodcast.com or wherever you get your podcasts.